Giant fans, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. I do have a special guest this episode that I'm pretty excited to have on. He's uh, one of my great friends here. While he is a great friend, he does have a couple flaws. And, you know, one of those flaws happens to be that he is a Washington football team fan. But I'd like to welcome on the show here, first time ever, Curtis. Curtis, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate it. Yeah, not a problem. Uh, kind of the reason I, I, I wanted to have you on is I, I always love getting that outsider perspective um, of the Giants, you know, and, and kind of the, the free agency moves that we that we had. And just in general of the team, I, I always like, especially someone that I know is a football fan. You know, you, you're a huge Washington fan, but you're also a football fan. And I think that's kind of rare where you get a lot of people that are just Giants fans or, you know, just this. And they don't really pay much attention to the rest of the league. So I love having someone like you on who really follows the league as well as Washington and the NFC yeah. and everything. Thank you, man. Yeah. So I guess let's start off. Curtis is going to join me and do his own uh, beer of the episode. So yeah. I guess we'll start right off with that. You want to you wanna get going with that? You want me to go first? Cool. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So Curtis is going to do his own. Um, and then I'm going to do mine afterward. And we'll kind of just go go with it. Yeah, so I have a uh, Rodenbach Grand Cru. It's a, a Belgium Red Ale Ooh. Sour. Um, this is a 6%, um, but pretty excited. Try it. I'm definitely, so correct me if I'm wrong, is this a sour beer or? This is a sour beer. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought it was. I'm not a huge sour beer person myself. I do like to try them on occasion. Yeah. But. Yeah, just I'm not a huge, huge sour, sour beer fan. I uh, stick to sours and ciders, as you may or may not know. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes venture into some mead, thanks to you, actually. Yeah, that's a And right? um, yep, yeah, it was a good time. So, um, you know, sampling regular non sour beers is up my alley too, but as far as enjoying, you know, a full can or bottle, that's usually the route that I go. So you can do this however you want to do it. How I typically do it, and you may already know this, is I like to kind of just go off like your first initial flavor and taste sure. of it and, and really kind of give me what, what you get from it. You know, I, cool. I, I, like, I like that initial flavor because that's kind of like your, how you judge a beer, I feel like. Yeah. All right, so All right I'm going to take my first sip. All right, so what do you think? First impression, it's... Uh, it's a strong sour. Okay. But it has a kind of like a sweet, the word I'm looking for, aroma okay. to it. Um, still a long aftertaste, I will say. It's not a bad thing, you know, kind of. Keep um, yeah, I, I enjoy the, the flavor a lot. Um, some may call the sourness overwhelming, but this is right up my alley. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of the no, things I, about sour beer that I don't love is like it is kind of overwhelming, you know, it's, it's yeah. really in your face. So, okay. Yeah, no, I, uh, I really enjoyed that. I love the, it smells great. Uh, low foam as well. Um, yeah. Cool, man. So, so we'll kind of give it a little bit of a rating here. I'll let you do the rating for it. Um, I used untapped typically for this and, you can do the kind of one through five or over through five, I guess, technically. And you can do the 0.25s and stuff like that to kind of give it a rating. So what would you rate this beer? 
I would give this beer a 4.15. 4.15. Okay, I like it. Yeah. Um, would you recommend this to people that have never tried sours? 100%. Yeah. I think this would be a really good introduction to like someone who's never tried a sour beer before or someone who has never had this sour beer before. See, I like ghost um, beers, which they tend to not be quite as much like in your face, I think. Um, right. But they're still kind of that same ilk, I guess, if you, if you will. Yeah, I um, I have a four pack of this, so I nice. probably will be absolutely enjoying every one of them for sure. Nice. All right. So I'm going to do mine next. And I yeah, have, man, let's see what you got. Yeah. So I have a sloop brewing beer. Uh, it's called No Season. It's an unseasonal New England IPA. Um, probably for those that listen to this this episode here or this podcast here, know that I like IPAs, double IPAs, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Right. So that's that's kind of my go-to. So this is a beer though I've never had, so I'm pretty excited about trying it, and we'll just kind of jump right into it. Uh, the beer itself is six point five percent. It's nice. considered an India Pale Ale, New England IPA, I guess technically. So yeah, let's go. Did you say where the or origin was? Where is, where is it from? Or? Sloop is actually, I think it's in New York. Nice. Oh, no, Hopewell. I lied. It's, um, oh, well, it says Hopewell Junction, New York, and Hampton, New Hampshire. So maybe they have two locations. I don't know. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Somewhat local then. Yeah. Um, what do you think? It's a good beer. Uh, it's, it's not really like in your face at all, which actually to me is kind of a good thing. You know, you don't get overwhelmed with flavor right away, but it yeah. kind of it kind of hangs with you too, almost like what you were saying with uh, the Rodenbach. So, if I had to give it a give it a rating, I think I'd go probably like three five. You know, it, it's definitely good, but I wouldn't write home about it and and you know attest at the top of the mountain that this is one of yeah. the best beers I've had. But it's still yeah. good beer, you know. Um, it just it's just more subtle than I, what I was expecting to be honest with you. It kind of threw me off with how subtle it is. But it does have some good flavor in it. It does have I'm, – I'm used to New England IPAs, I think, being a little bit more aggressive, I guess. And, and, sure. I, and maybe that's not the right word for it, but it just it's much more subtle, much more smooth uh, than I really anticipated, I think. Three, five. Yeah. All right, man. So let's jump right into it. You know, kind of the cool. plan for the episode here is I want to go over the Giants, you know, free agency moves, uh, guys we signed, guys we lost re-signed and then i'm going to kind of give you i guess my two second spiel on it and i'd love to get your opinion on them of course and then we'll jump right into washington too because you know i think washington's probably in in our division that's the giant's stiffest competition this year you know i do look at dallas as kind of being a little bit of a wild card you don't really know what you're gonna get yes we're getting they're getting dak back but they're still one and three last year with that right you know and if you're being nice i mean you could say two and three but andy dalton finished that game exactly personally i'm not giving it to him but i'm not either because they were that that game they were getting their butts kicked by the giants and then dalton kind of brought them back and the defense kind of let us down a little bit too but but that was that was dalton and kind of i don't want to say lucky plays because it's the nfl but um you don't prepare for you know it's it's, it was a quarterback that you know they didn't prepare for so Exactly. Yeah. So let's get right into it. And 
um, I guess the first move, well, we'll even start a little bit before that with some of the releases that we had. We released yeah. David Mayo, which you might be familiar with now yep. as Washington ended up, ended up signing him. We released Golden Tate. We released Cody Core. Um, any thoughts on any of those? I mean, everyone, I, I guess I'll, I'll say something about Golden Tate to start. I'm not really concerned about the others. Golden Tate, obviously not a great signing for the Giants, uh, but it kind of filled a need right after we traded Odell. And I almost think like it was a way for the Giants to draw a little bit of attention away from the fact that they traded Odell Beckham. Obviously, it's it's still there, but you know at least they made a, a splash right after that for the position. But he really just didn't do much for the Giants. He was suspended some. He couldn't get separation. He made some plays here and there. But what do you think? You know, looking from the outside, uh, Mayo not someone that I mean, honestly it wasn't a headline release for you guys nor was Cody Core I don't believe and I don't think the Mayo signing for us was like a headline signing either oh, Golden Tate um, saved you quite a bit in cap yes if I'm not mistaken so I think that is uh, one of the, the the big headlines of, of that release but I do think it was the right release you guys had someone that you were um, that we'll probably talk about a little later, but that you were aggressively looking to sign mm -hmm. um, and you have some really young studs uh, up and coming. So I, I think uh, those three moves were all the right moves for you guys um, as far as, you know, going forward and looking forward to the future. Yeah. The, the Cody core uh, cut with, really didn't mean too much. I mean, he was injured last year. He was a core special yeah. teamer prior to that, but he saved us like two or three mil, I think on the cap. Yeah. And it's someone that he was injured all last year. You know, it, yeah. it's tough when, when you, uh, first off, you come into a new regime and then you're not there for the whole first year. It, it's tough, especially where, when, you know, we're looking to be a little bit more aggressive than I thought that we were going to be this year. Um, and then the other thing with Golden Tate too, and people like to hate on the Giants for signing him, you got to realize too, though, I think this ended up being a three or four year deal. But when you look at the numbers, it was really a two year deal. And I think the plan the whole time really was yes. unless he tore it up for the Giants, he was right. gone this year. That, I think that really was honestly the plan the whole time. I mean, you could say there's a lot of um, a lot, a lot of that. You yeah. know, just around the NFL, a lot of three year, four year deals that the intention behind them is not that long, um, barring a breakout, you know, performance. Mm -hmm. But um, he had some uh, issues this year, too, if I'm not wrong with. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know. Some of it, I think, even transpired onto the football field, but he had some off the field stuff going on, too. Uh, Golden Tate did so I don't know if that was a distraction but if it is I don't think that's you know what what you guys are you guys are rebuilding you know a, a great culture right now so any of those distractions to the players I think is uh, unwanted yeah he did have some on-field uh, issues this year with um, shouting at the camera I think is what it was saying throw me the ball um, and then his uh -huh. wife going crazy on Twitter about it uh, the thing I'll, I'll say for Golden Tate though is he handled that situation really good after the fact. Now, maybe 
he was just saying all the right things and he didn't really, really right. feel that way. And that certainly right. could be the case, but he owned it. And for the most part, as far as we know, he accepted his role after that and accepted the punishment after that. And you really didn't hear much after that, you know? Yeah. So right side, you, you know, for a couple of years, you guys had, he, he was a veteran wide receiver in the locker room, right? I don't think you guys had a, a receiver, you know, who's been in the league and had as much experience as him, but couldn't I agree more? You needed someone to replace, you know, the, losing Odell and um, at the time you know that was probably the best you could do yeah and I, I don't want to get too much into Solder but I feel like that was kind of the same situation where yeah. we couldn't trot Eric Flowers out at right. left tackle at least um, and we needed to sign someone you know yeah. as much as people want to hate on Gettleman for for that signing it it would have been much worse had we stuck to Flowers at left absolutely tackle. now the thing that I don't like and this is kind of something that Washington did is you guys tried him out at guard and he played pretty well for you we and, uh refurbished him <laughs> yeah and you we know, talked he, about that a little bit kind of like me you eddie and ryan a little bit yeah like why wouldn't we try that and it just never came to fruition we caught him and he i think he did he go to miami first and then miami yeah, yeah. he got a, he got a good deal you know from miami i think it was a three-year like 30 million dollar yeah. offer something around there um and I think hats off. You know, I, we, we've, we, I've seen that we've turned a few guys' careers around or given them a shot that maybe where another team wasn't looking to do so. So I guess hats off to us, but you know, yeah. At least you guys were willing to explore that. And that's just, that's where I get a little confused. Like why didn't we, you know, we why not? had so many offensive issues uh, on the offensive line. So right. yeah, why not? I don't know. It is what it is. Now let's get into some more, some more news that kind of happened. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'm kind of going like a little bit chronologically here. So Giants end up releasing Kevin Zeitler, which cleared up 12 mil on the cap, kind yeah. of a move that it was expected, you know, yeah. what he's a veteran, you know, we kind of would have loved to have him there still. I don't know if they approached him as far as, far as taking a pay cut. Um, but it was just, it was going to happen, you know? Yeah. Any, any but thoughts on that? When you're already in what seems like, I mean, obviously you guys have done a really great job at um, contract structures, mm -hmm. but when it looks like you're in penny pinching mode, I mean, right along with the golden Tate and, and Zeitler cuts that those are cuts that are just, you were not surprised to see. You know, me as an outsider, wasn't really surprised. Uh, maybe a little bit when you know that you have some issues on the offensive line. Um, but when it comes to uh, needing needing the cap space to go elsewhere, the, the, those moves make sense. Now I, said I'm, now, I said I'm going to go chronologically here, and then I skipped something that happened. Okay. Uh, which is, you know, we franchised Leonard Williams, which I yep. think kind of led to that move. So, right. Good job by me on skipping that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I knew maybe you remember this, maybe you don't. I said the whole time that no way he's playing on the franchise tag. I right. was getting a little bit nervous about that, though, as kind of the news was coming out that he was looking for 25. And and yeah. I was getting a little bit nervous that we weren't going to be able to work it out. But we did. which is whew, Good on that. Uh, but we'll get into that in a second because we'll actually talk about it through the 
the contract uh, extension cool. that we signed him for. Uh, some other signings, which we're just going to kind of glaze over. Uh, Austin Johnson, I think it's a good signing for rotational depth. Yep, maybe, guy. Maybe he'll yep. start the season as a starter, but I think uh, one of our other signings will end up being a starter if, if he isn't in the beginning. Uh, we signed right. a fullback, uh, Colin Gillespie, Devontae Booker, which is an interesting signing. I don't, I'm not going to get too much into that unless you want to. <laughs> We've talked about that enough. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, <laughs> yeah, Devontae Booker coming off of his best season in the NFL, if I'm not wrong. Um, so it makes sense. You guys didn't bring back uh, Deion Lewis, didn't bring back Devonta Freeman as of now, and did not bring back Wayne Gallman, correct? Correct, yep. He still hasn't so, signed either. Yeah, so you you guys needed some sort of running back depth as as hard as it is to 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 grasp. You know, Saquon has had an issue with injuries. Yep. But when he's not, he's obviously a top three to five back in the league. Mm -hmm. Um, But the the past has told that you need some sort of depth. You know, when he's on the roster, so not the worst signing. um, But yeah. Do you remember that he was with Miami for a while? He split Booker? carries. He's, yeah, he split carries with uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Kenyon Drake. Yep, I, I believe he was there. I, I could be wrong on that. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't mind the signing. You know, <laughs> and, and the the thing too is we're still going to need at least one more running back. You know, yeah, we absolutely. really have two on the on the roster right now, other than um, some guy from Germany, which I can't even think of his name off the top of my head. Uh, right. We're, we're going to probably draft someone, I would assume. But in general, you know, he can pass block, which is something that Saquon struggles with. He can catch the ball. He yeah. can run hard in between the tackles. And he's got speed to get outside. So right. I like it. You know, I at first I didn't love the contract itself once I kind of saw some of the other contracts. That's the knock on the signing. I don't think it's the player. It was the contract, you know. But he, he's a guy – He's a guy that you, you can plug and play. You yeah. know, I, I do believe that. So, And he can fill in if, if needed, just like you said. Right. You know, if he's the one toting the ball, obviously it's not Saquon. You want Saquon. But I could deal with that for a game or two if we needed to. Yeah. So, All right. So next kind of big signing, I don't know if big's the right word, but a, a kind of an exciting signing is John Ross. He signed to a one-year, $2.25 million contract. Um, for me, you know, he's a, he's a burner. I, I kind of said this on the, I don't know if you, if you heard or not, I was on uh clapback sports and I talked about that, that signing a little bit there. Nice. Where I think he is someone that got overdrafted because of speed. You know, he ran a great 40 right. and he's just hasn't been a polished receiver. He's had some injury issues, um, but he is a baller. You know, he's always going to be out there playing. If, if he's healthy, he's going to give you his all. And, he could be that perfect, like, take a flyer on and see what happens. Yeah. I, um, there was, uh, just some Washington fans, you know, obviously following some social media page last year, there was, uh, some news that, you know, he was upset with the lack of playing time. Um, and, you know, Washington fans are like, why not, you know, you know, put someone else there that can take the top off of a defense. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe a week or two later, I'm sure you, you've saw this news now that he's signed with you guys, but 
he was willing to go to the extent of trying out for a different position and on the opposite side of the field, you know, a defensive back and unfortunately got injured. But for uh, a guy, I mean, I don't know what, what, what else you would want from a locker room guy than a guy who's willing to do something probably way outside of his comfort zone to be a team player. So I think that's a good signing for you guys. The money's right too. And I think it's a low risk and potentially high reward signing for you guys personally. Yeah, I agree. And, and kind of to your point with that, I feel like that's such a Joe judge type of player, a guy that's willing to go yeah. out there like corner if, if it came to it. And, right. and that kind of brings you back to like the new England days, you know, when you had, wide receivers out there playing corner and, and right. I don't know if judge was there at that point or not, but you know, he's a player that is going to give you his all. And if you tell him to go out there and play corner, he's going to go play corner. Yeah. You know? So, okay. We'll, we'll get kind of the next one. I mentioned the fullback already that we signed uh, Colin Gillespie. Nothing crazy here. I think yeah. he'll, he'll battle out for the fullback spot. He's a special teamer. He's a good special teamer. It looks like. And he's a little bit crazy. I don't know if you've seen any of the videos of him. I haven't. I don't uh, know much about him. Yeah, I mean, as a player himself, it's probably not a lot to, to know. But he's a little wild. So if you ever want to go go YouTube him and he might do some, some weird stuff. I'll uh, check it out. Yeah. So March 16th is kind of when things started changing a little bit for the Giants free agency. Um, where we signed Leonard Williams to a three-year, $63 million contract extension. Uh, for me personally, I, I was pumped. You know, I was pretty, pretty pumped about this. Gotta be done. You know, it, money's it's expensive, but you know, signing good players, it's gonna happen. You know, the cap's right. gonna go up next year. We'll, we'll kind of eat it and, and go. Um, it, is he gonna have eleven sacks next year? Probably not. But he's gonna just grow in this defense. And as we start getting better corners, which we'll kind of get to. And, you know, maybe some more edge players. He's, he's going to do nothing but get better. Yeah. What, do, what do you think about that kind of coming from your, your perspective? Um, regardless if he was already on your team or not, you guys locked up probably a top 10 player in uh, free agency. So you got to be stoked about it. Um, do I agree? Will he have as productive of a season? Not sure. Um, you guys lost a key defensive lineman that probably helped a lot with the sack polls. And we see that a lot in the NFL where, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not just Aaron Donald, you know, as, as great of a player as Aaron Donald is, it's not just him. He's able to get to the quarterback because he's got a, a great defensive line around him. Same thing with Miles Garrett, but um, I, you locked up a top 10 free agent. So you got to be stoked about that as a Giants fan and not stoked about it as a Washington fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a, a couple other things I'll kind of mention with that. Um, I, I think within this defense, it's going to be such a, it's going to be an overall defensive scheme where like, right. it's not going to be like this big one player, this one player, that. Right. But the other thing I want to say is you kind of mentioned like losing a player and I'm assuming you're talking about Delvin Tomlinson there, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. Delvin. The only thing I want to address with that is prior to us getting Leonard Williams, obviously our defense, you know, with James Fletcher and stuff in the past couple of years just has not been good, which you've been witness to plenty. Um, but Delvin Tomlinson always played okay, but he never did a lot. 
and maybe maybe it's just me being like a, a fan and not really diving into specifically watching him, but I never really noticed Delvin Tomlinson until Leonard Williams got to the Giants. I'm right. not saying that he's not a good player, but right. kind of to your point, but the other side of it, where I think maybe Leonard Williams really kind of helped Delvin Tomlinson oh, develop into the player that he is. Um, and I guess I, I maybe I got to cling to that a little bit in the hopes that, you know, losing Delvin Tomlinson isn't going to, you know, destroy our defense, which I don't think it will. Um, but I guess we'll just jump right into the Delvin Tomlinson leaving and signing with uh, the Vikings, I believe, right? Vikings, yep. Yep. Um, you know, I'm happy for him. I hope he has a good career. He's a, such a nice player, and it does suck to lose him. But as much as you wanted to sign them both, you just knew it. You got the right guy out of the two, you know, so that's that's the important part. You got the guy that you want to build your defensive line around. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it is what it is, you know. It it sinks to lose players, but you're going to lose players. You know, this is the NFL. People are going to leave for money, more money. It's going to happen. Absolutely. You know, I I just – I hope that we at least made an attempt to sign him, you know. Yeah, because he got a reasonable deal. He did, yeah. Affordable, you know. He didn't get above, um, what you know, what they what reports thought like he was worth, or something like that. Um, it was like a two, I think a two year, maybe. Yeah, I think it might be ten million a year. Ten is what I, I remember. Two year, twenty one million, something is something is around that. Let's take a look here. Uh, Great, great radio here. <laughs> yeah, it was somewhere around there. I'm not seeing the exact yeah. answer, but um, I guess re- regardless of that point, you know, it, it sucked to see him go, but it, you know, we're, we're going to fill it with, uh, fill that spot with Austin Johnson and then Danny Shelton too, but we'll get into him a little bit, a little bit later yeah. here. Um, yeah. Kind of get into the next signings. Uh, we signed, I'm going to butcher this name, Afidi Odenibo. Odenibo. I don't know if you're familiar with him from Washington. Or from uh, defensive end. Yeah, yeah, he's he's gonna be straight defensive end. People are talking about him being an edge and standing up, and I just don't think that's gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, but I think he's gonna be a sneaky good signing. We signed him for a one year deal for two point five, and kind of gotta think maybe he's gonna start. You know, I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but um, I don't know. Yeah, I guess maybe he won't start. Maybe he'll rotate. Um, any thoughts on that signing though? Could be. Uh, I don't know a ton about him, to be honest with you. Um, but at the same time, I I honestly don't know who your current defensive ends are. Um, we're we're kind of weird. Where we're going to rotate a lot, you know. So last yeah. year it was you know uh, Leonard Williams, Delvin, and Dexter in the in there too. So you know we lose Delvin. I guess. Maybe Danny Shelton's going to start, which I kind of alluded to earlier. Yeah. Um, but I don't really know. You know, I, I don't know entirely what we're going to do. And and I have a feeling, too, this year with the, the guys that we have on the defensive line, we'll, we'll rotate a lot. Other than, other than, you know, Dexter Lawrence and um, Leonard Williams, I think that spot will, will be a big, big rotation spot for the Giants. But, I mean, as far as him, I mean, I think he could be a sneaky good signing, but he is still a one-year signing. And, you know, I don't think he's, I think he's probably not going to be on the team for, you know, years upon years. So I'm just going to kind of gloss over him, honestly, at that point. Yep. Uh, some other signings, Reggie Raglan signed with the Giants for a one-year deal. 
Uh, Casey Kreider resigned with us, and then Kyle Rudolph, which I'm pumped about. Um, yeah. For me, you know, I don't know how familiar you are with Kyle Rudolph, but I'm a I, obviously I'm a Syracuse fan, but I always like Notre Dame, you know, and, and Notre Dame always seems to produce good tight ends. Yeah. So I watch him a lot at Notre Dame, and guy's got hands. I won't try to sit here and say he's the fastest guy, fastest tight end in the league because he isn't, but he's got hands. He's smooth. He can block. He's definitely gotten better blocking. Uh, overall, for me, uh, a signing where he he hasn't played as much the last two years because the Minnesota Vikings drafted a tight end in the top uh, in the first round. Right. So I think he's still, you know, despite, despite his age, I think he's got a lot of a lot of juice in the tank. What do you think? Um. Kyle Rudolph, veteran tight end. You never know, might have some tips for Evan Ingram. That's um, true. Too, hands. Right I think he's a pretty good blocking tight end, too. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, you have to have that to be somewhat of a. I think in the NFL, if you're a tight end, personally, you got to be good at blocking and you got to be able to probably outrun some linebackers. I don't know if he can quite outrun the linebackers anymore, but I know that I've seen a few highlights of him uh, mossing some dudes. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so that's a, that's a red zone guy, another red zone guy. And um, which I'm not sure how well you guys did in the red zone last year, but regardless, it's Struggle. probably always a, it's always an area that a team could look to improve on. Um so it's it's a good veteran guy to have in the locker room, and uh, once again, like a lot of your signings around this area, could be a very low risk and potentially high reward signing for you. But injury, if I'm not mistaken, could take him right up to week one of the regular season. Correct? Yeah, he has some type of. I think maybe did I hear Liz Frank or something? Liz Frank. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, unfortunate. That definitely yep. impacts what he can do for the Giants right now. But to your point, too, I really like the idea that maybe he can teach Ingram a little bit. Because yeah. as much as we are frustrated beyond belief with Evan Ingram, it looks like he's going to be our starting tight end. And <laughs> it wouldn't shock me if we sign him to a, you know, a long-term deal or something like that yeah. if he has a decent year this year. Um, so as much as, you know, it's frustrating, the other thing I, I think of with Engram is last year he really was focusing on rehabbing, um, coming back from, it's, I think, an ankle injury or something like that. Um, and that maybe got, just got away from his, you know, his mechanics a little bit. So I think someone like Kyle Rudolph can really help him refocus on his mechanics, teach him a little bit more uh, about blocking and how to block and be successful at blocking. I think Evan Engram has gotten better at blocking but he's still subpar. <laughs> you know, there's really no way around that. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, – I don't think why – it's why you have him on the field. You have a guy that can, you know, outrun 50% of the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, you, I guess as a Giants fan, you got to hope maybe he can have uh, some help catching the ball. <laughs> yeah. uh, from from Kyle Rudolph, but because that's really the only thing that Evan Ingram is lacking. So we'll keep kind of keep moving along here. Uh, Giants signed Mike Glennon on March 18th, uh, backup quarterback 
And, you know, I like it. I'm okay with it. You know, I, I would have been fine if we, if we re-signed McCoy, but I also yeah. kind of wanted somebody that can win a game if you need to. I know he, he beat the Seahawks for us, but I think that was more about the Seahawks and not the Giants. And I just felt like McCoy, like he's a decent backup. I just, I don't know. I just wanted a little bit more. I'm not even saying that, uh, that Glennon is more, but it just feels like he has a little bit more of an arm. He can throw the ball a little bit more downfield um, where McCoy just seems so conservative kind of, if that makes sense, even though uh, the offense got opened up a little bit in that Seattle game, but I think that was more to do with uh, who was, who was calling the plays. I think um, the Mike Glennon signing, I I, I do agree. Um, Colt McCoy is spending some time in Washington, like um, NFL backup, you know, not a guy that's going to play 16 games for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Mike Glennon is the affordable guy and the guy that can come in and run your offense. Um, The next size can see well over the (laughs) offense and defensive line. So (laughs) I guess, you know, um, but listen, I, I know you want to see a better backup, but hopefully you don't need to see a better backup. You know, that's, that's how I would feel. Yeah, the problem with backup quarterbacks is they're expensive. You know, if, if you yeah. want a, a good backup, best job in the NFL, I think. Yep, but it's just it's a position that you know, if you don't have a an expensive backup, you feel good about it until you run into a situation where you where you need it. <laughs> right. So we'll kind of skip over that a little bit more because you know who who really wants to talk too much about the backup quarterback? Not super exciting news. Yeah, you know, but I do like the signing though, and I guess what I would say is I like the signing. I think kind of the similar position with the running back position. I think that we're going to draft a running back late, and I think we're going to draft a quarterback late that maybe we can develop a little bit. Wouldn't it surprise me from you guys? Yeah, you know, especially in our current situation, like I'm all for Jones. You know, I do think that he has the talent. But let's face it, you know, this is a very important year for him. And if he can't show it, you know, we're going to have to start looking at other options. Point blank, you know? Yeah, I think it's pretty clear um, you guys are trying to go all in for uh, <clears throat> just in general. Um, but, you know, the Kenny, Ga- the Kenny Galladay signing is... Yeah, we're going to get right into that right now. So just tell me what you think about that signing because that was it, my, next, my next guy. You're all in. You know, I think you're going after, once again, securing another top 10, probably top five free agent. Um, this year, so huge upside. Uh, hopefully he comes back. Well, you guys hope that he comes back really great off of that injury. Yep. I can't say that I would say the same. <laughs> um, but it's going to be exciting, man. I, as a guy, like you said, to start this, this thing off, I uh, love football. So love seeing competitive football. And uh, it's, it's to me – it's exciting to see our division sign these guys, you know, for what it wouldn't matter to me if it was you or Dallas or Philly and obviously us, it's just really exciting because all the crap we got last year, um, I would really love getting it really. Yeah. And I would love, you know, to, to shut some people up, but uh, great signing for you guys. It's, you know, the, and the price, 
some people, I'm sure, obviously outsiders like, wow, it's a lot of money. You guys maybe also think, well, it's a lot of money, but I think it shows that you're in win now mode and uh, that's exciting to see. So, yeah, I, I'm all for the signing, you know, I'm sure you know this, Curtis. Uh, I was a big proponent of Corey Davis because I, I was worried about the money side of things. Yeah. And Corey Davis would have been my next go-to. Right. But I'm happy that we did go out there and get Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Because I think it shows, kind of like you said, that we do think we're close. Yeah. You know, that, we're, that we're there. And it's a big signing for Daniel Jones. You know, he, even in his big career time. at Duke, you know, this is going all the way back to Duke. He's never had a good receiver. No. Now, yes, we can sit here and say that, you know, Sterling Shepard's a pretty good receiver. Um, you can say that Slayton's decent, but. A true number decent, one, though? Yeah, de- decent for what? You know, right. Shep is, is slot, you know. Yeah. And he's played outside and he's kind of played all over a little bit. And he's, I love him, but it just doesn't stay healthy. That's the biggest yeah. thing with me. Yeah. Um, and then he has some boneheaded drops sometimes, which it's the NFL. You're going to have drops. But um, you also, if you're a good receiver, you, you tend to limit those, you know? Yeah. And I'm not saying Shep isn't a good receiver, but we, we need we needed a, a – and we still need a, a big upgrade in, in the receiver room, I think. So the yeah. size is huge. Uh, the speed is huge. This guy goes all out to catch any ball that he can. Um, yeah. He's a baller, man, and, and it's just exciting. We haven't had one of those since Plax, so. Doing doing some research, you know, while he was still a free agent before he signed with you guys, he his best years came, you know, in Detroit. We all know Detroit has never had a great running game, but uh, his no. best years <laughs> came off of, you know, Detroit being just in the middle of the pack. So as important it is for Daniel Jones to succeed with, with Galladay, I think Saquon is going to play a really big role in Kenny Galladay's success too, um, along with Shep and along with Slayton. But I think just in the, the, the few short years that Galladay has been in the NFL, his best years have come from, you know, an average running game from Detroit you know, and his worst years came when they were at the bottom of the league. So I think it's really important for Saquon to be Saquon. And then I think you'll see Kenny Galladay be Kenny Galladay. Yeah. Another, receiver one. another part of that too is his blocking. You know, Kenny Galladay can block. And he's a good blocker. that's not just because I'm, you know, he's a big receiver. He's just, he's a good blocker. Yeah. And he might be able to, you know, give, give Evan Ingram a little bit of tips. He might be able to help Slayton out a little bit, but he's also going to take some pressure off. Slayton, he's going to take some pressure off Shep to where, or John, even John Ross, you know, John Ross yeah. can, can get deep a little bit more for us. It's, it's such a big signing, you know, old school yeah. approach in the signing too. Right. Mike, yes. I mean, really old school visit a couple of days, um, couple of dinners. Yep. Um, you got some nice so, steak dinners out of this. So <laughs> I think what, you know, Joe judge, he's got a mindset of who he wants in the building and who he wants in the locker room. So I think that also says a lot about, uh, I don't know much about Galladay's character, but knowing a little bit about Joe Judge and just seeing some of his interviews. And I think uh, that should tell you a little bit about the guys that they've been bringing into. So we'll continue with the free agencies in a, in a free agency in a second, but on the Joe Judge topic, do you think the Giants hired the right guy? 
now. Yeah, I <laughs> think it was a head shaker for everyone, including you guys. Um, but as a guy who has seen his team take a complete 180 mm-hmm. in one year, I you see the same qualities. You see the same hard-nosed coach um, in Joe Judge than I see as – that you know, as I see in Ron Rivera. Um, so now, yes, I think you guys definitely got the right coach. I mean, yeah, yeah, and, and that's one thing, kind of to your point, too. Um, you know, Washington seems to be building the right way for the first time. And Curtis, I don't know, man, you know, I, Washington's been no offense, but kind of a laughing stock in the NFL for a really Dumpster long time, fire. yeah, so, absolutely. So it, it's nice. I shouldn't say it's nice, but as like an NFL fan, a fan yeah, right. of the league, it is nice to see them finally heading in the right direction. You know, Riverboat Ron is a great coach. Uh, yeah. You know, had I, if, if it was me, I would not have went for two against the Giants in uh, the, the first matchup last year to right. win the game. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's I think – while we're on that game right now, I think at that point in the season, you know, we didn't really know what the division was still. So I think you're, you're trying to teach uh, a mentality of, you know, he's trying to teach them that he believes in them mm-hmm. and uh, that they came to win. So as much as you want to believe that your defense could, you know, keep you in that game and give you a chance to win, had you kicked the extra point, I can't say I disagree with the lesson trying to be taught behind that decision. And I think that lesson went a long way. And um, I, I believe that. And then after hearing interviews from, you know, players about that decision, I, I believed it even more, you know, it's, it's kind of like the same thing the giants were going through last year, learning to win, you know, yeah, and, and, and trying to instill that in your players yeah. and getting, getting back a little bit more towards the giants side of things with the whole Kenny Galladay thing, I love that long process. I love that they had this time to get to know each other. I, I really trust Joe judge and what he's doing. And to be able to say that about a coach for the giants, even it's weird. You know, we, we haven't really had that since Coughlin and I don't even know if we really had that with Coughlin. Right. He had a really hard time bringing in players because he had such a hard nose uh, mentality that not a lot of players wanted to come play for him where Joe judge just seems so genuine. He genuinely cares about his individual players, but he wants them to play for the team. He wants them to play for the right reason. And he just loves the game and and just seems like such a genuinely good person, which is nice. You know, it it just feels good for once. Yep. I um, can't disagree. Yeah. You know, couldn't see how you would not like that. Hundred percent, and and to yeah. your point too, like you said earlier, yeah, I was I was surprised when we, we hired Joe Judge. You know, that morning I think we we heard that rule signed with Carolina, yeah. uh, which is who you know kind of who I assumed we were going to go after. Um, I was super nervous that we were going to get Jason Garrett as our head coach. Didn't want yeah. that. Um, so it was kind of like what a couple hours after the, after the uh, how long? I I, yeah. I I don't I don't believe it was long. And then, you know, they announced the Giants signed uh, Joe Judge. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Like, I knew that we, <laughs> yeah. we had him in for an interview, but I was like, all right, cool. You know, whatever. Just kind of getting, you know, getting people in. Um, yep. But do you remember his opening presser, man? 
Uh, I don't seem like I don't. No. If, if you ever get bored, go back and watch that. Like the minute, it, the minute I heard that, that presser, I was like, oh, wow, we might have something here. Um, which is easy, easy to say in a presser. But, I mean, if you want to look sure. at a presser, what's, what's the Eagles coach name? Sirianni, who was – The guy who player. looked very scared. Yeah, man. That, that, that makes me really nervous for the Philly, the Philly uh, fans, man, because – I would be. Yeah, I would be too. But, you know, hey, I think that's where hopefully next year, you know, I think Giants and Washington both are probably going to be at the top of the division. The way it looks. Yeah. All right, well, let's get back into free agency. Uh, we have a little bit more to get to for the Giants, and then we'll jump into Washington. Um, Giants sign Ryan Anderson, which you're familiar with him. I don't yeah. know a lot about him. Uh, I do know that he kind of got overshadowed a little bit because of the Chase Young signing and then a switching – what, you guys switched over to a 4-3-2, I think, right? Yep. Yep. So someone that seems to, you know, be able to drop back a little bit in coverage, I guess. Um, but can rush the passer too. Tell me a little bit about him if you if you know a little bit. You nailed it right on the head, man. A uh, guy that has been overshadowed by, I mean, what, first of all, one of the many Alabama guys that we've mm-hmm. brought in, whether it's through free agency trades or the draft, um, overshadowed by a bunch of other first rounders. I mean, you had Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Kerrigan, the vet. And uh, then you bring in Montez Sweat, first rounder, and Chase Young, first rounder. And uh, but what I will say is, when he saw the field, he was pretty productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go and watch any tape, um, I remember a lot of forced fumbles. Um, Carson Wentz, the magician. <laughs> you know, that's a guy that's hard to sack, especially when he was playing at his, you know, his elite level that he was just a few years ago. Um, I think he had a force fumble on you guys. Uh, just has a nose for getting the ball out of guys' hands, whether it's running back or quarterback. To me, unbiasedly, would not be surprised to see him find find a starting role on your team. Um, had a few issues with uh, maybe some penalties, just like illegal hits to the head, stuff mm-hmm. like that. So maybe discipline was lacking. But definitely a guy that 100% um, made the most of his playtime just fell short of depth chart. You know, just guys that deserved it more than him, you know, which if you're looking, uh, you know, for us, you know, depth guy, great, great guy to have in and, and, and probably could start for a few teams in the league. Yeah, and, and coming – Coming to the Giants, I think he'll at the very least be a rotational guy who sees significant snaps. Now, I think a lot of what happens with him might depend on where we go in the first round. Yeah, I agree. Or even the second round, you know. But I do think that he has the talent to come in and earn a starting starting spot, you know, depending on kind of what our other young guys are doing. You know, we have Lorenzo Carter coming off an injury. O'Shane Zimenez coming off an injury. So yeah. we, we have some talent there, you know, it just, it hasn't come to fruition yet. So I think Ryan Lewis comes into a perfect situation where he really could earn some significant playing time. Even if we, even if we draft someone high, you know, I, I do still think that he has a chance to earn some time. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Well, let's get into the next big signing and that's Adoree Jackson, which is a big signing. Um, I've heard some kind of mixed things with him. Um, 
the thing that I, I keep coming back to for him is he wasn't in our plans. You know, he, he was not a free agent. And he all right. of a sudden became a free agent. And we pounced, man. I don't, I don't remember for sure if he took any other visits with anyone else. Um, but he, I know he, he was supposedly going to Philly the next day after his visit with the Giants. But, right. Um, this is someone that is talented. You know, he's got the speed. He's got, uh, he's got the ability. He can cover in man. He had some injury issues, and that's yep. kind of the side of it where you get a little bit nervous. But he's also coming over and being corner number two for the Giants. He's not corner yep. number one. Right. And I think that for him is coming into a perfect situation where, you know, we do have, you know, the secondary is already a strength without him. Yes, that CB2 spot was a question mark, but our defense was ranked number nine last year. You know, although I, I will say I don't always feel like it felt that way, but he's coming into, into a very talented secondary. And I, I just think it's a perfect fit. You know, it's a great signing. Um, I'm super happy that we kind of pounced right onto it. Uh, what do you think? Any anything that you kind of stuck out with you with him? Um, agree. You know, it's it's a it's a good signing. And had he been a free agent to start free agency, you're signing one of the best corners that were in free agency. He was like top five in a couple of categories in the league. Um, I just remember seeing his name across the screen for a few different things. So mm -hmm. you're getting a guy who, like you said, I mean, he just needs to compliment James Bradbury. You know, exactly. you're not asking him to lock down the best receiver. I, I, I actually don't know. Is, is Bradbury a guy who follows? Does, does he play um, a certain side or does he usually play receiver one? He can, he can follow. Yeah. Uh, um, he might not always follow it. It's going to be more of like a defensive scheme type thing. Where I think if that scheme fits, then yeah, he's gonna follow. But I I think Jackson has some experience following wide receiver ones too. I think for quite some I think he was their best corner. I know they brought in Malcolm Butler in Tennessee, but mm -hmm. I mean that defense, I don't know, you know, after the uh after the Baltimore beating Baltimore and beating New England in the playoffs. I, I don't know, really know what happened to them. It kind of seems like Tennessee is in a rebuild mode out of nowhere. Yeah. But um, I, I think just if I, if I really just had one thing to say about the signing is it's a great CB2, you know, and, and I wouldn't want him as a CB1, I don't think. But um, I think he's going to be really complimentative, you know, to, to James Bradbury and then some of the other really young pieces that you have on the defense. And you guys have a few really good young pieces. So, Yeah, I think he, he kind of fits perfectly because he fits what we kind of lack in that cornerback position where, you know, Bradbury's a little bit bigger. He's a little bit lankier. And right. he's like fundamentally sound. And, in, in, you know, if, if he comes up against a receiver that's quicker than him, that might be a little bit tricky, but he can right. still – you know, be fundamentally sound. But in, in a situation where we have Jackson, you know, he can really back off that speedster type guy and, and you know, go over to someone else or whatever. I, it's just, it's a great signing. I, I couldn't be more excited about it. Yeah. Um, it's tough because like right now, especially with all these signings, it's, it's so hard not to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, absolutely. So we'll kind of move on. Um, 
really we're pretty much down to the nitty gritty here with, with the rest of the Giants moves. Um, they did convert Blake Martinez and James Bradbury. They converted both their contracts. Um, they converted some of the contract to uh, a signing bonus to free up some more room. And then really the only other signing I'll kind of speak to, actually to uh, Zach Fulton, a guard they signed from the Texans, who I think will come in and compete, but there's really not a lot to say about him unless you want to throw something about him. Um, anything? No, I, yeah. I have nothing. Not a name that I was very familiar with. So he's before, been very up and down. With you guys, so. Yeah, he's, he's been very up and down. He started a little bit for the Texans, I think. Um, but he's just been so inconsistent that I don't know. I don't know what the signing means. You know, I don't know. Our guards right now are so weird. You know, I don't really know. I don't know what the deal is with our guards. You know, we have three, four guards now that well, I guess three that could potentially start, but I don't know who's what and if they're even confident with, with what they have. Um, but that's either here or there because it's this really it doesn't answer any of those questions. So we'll just get right into the next one. And that's Danny Shelton who signed a one-year deal with the Giants to be a nose tackle. Um, I think he, I keep going back and forth, but I guess he'd probably come in and probably be the starter alongside Leonard Williams and uh, Sexy Dexy. But, you know, I, I, I think this is kind of that replacement for Delvin Tomlinson. What, what do you think? What, any thoughts? No. Um, I think – Similar to the Adore Jackson and Bradbury, you need a guy who can compliment Leonard Williams. Um, there was plenty worse out there, you know. So this is a guy who's got some experience. He's been in the league for four or five years, if I'm not mistaken, if not more. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I, I think starting caliber. You know. Yeah, and he kind of came from that the Patriots uh, situation there for a little while too. He played for the Patriots, yep. so he kind of knows knows what you know Joe Judge will likely be looking for. Um, I think he he'll just kind of fit in. You know, he he might start, but I I still think that we're going to rotate a lot. And yeah, I mean, I th- I think it's going to be a good fit. Yeah. So overall, you know, we'll kind of get into the overall Giants picture right now. Obviously, we have the draft, and maybe we'll, we'll talk about that just a little bit at the end. But it's hard to see this team going, you know, 6 and 10 or 6 and 11 next year. Um, but I'm not going to sit here and say sounds they're going to go. Yeah, it does. It sounds really weird. It's, it, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. Um, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and say on the other side either, though, that, you know, we're going to go 14 and 3. Um, yeah. So uh, my opinion on it is a winning season. You know, if we don't have a winning season this year, um, Gettleman's gone and I could see, I don't know, 10 and 10 and seven. That's weird, but 10 and seven, nine and eight, maybe, you know, maximum 11 and 11 and six. Uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on the giants this year? Keep in mind, man. Tough right now too, just like we said, you know, without the draft yet. Um, but what's, what's your, like, what's your, Honest, honest, non-biased opinion. Um, My unbiased opinion is the sample size. We really, at this point, we majority have to go based off of what we've seen last year. And Washington was a seven-win team. (laughs) So you have to be seven wins or better, which I don't think is that hard to do. Um. So, yeah, it does 10 and 7 sound really 
realistic. Yeah, it does. But I don't even know if you have to be that good. Um, granted, we we both both of us, you know, Washington and, and New York have made really great strides in free agency. And there's a great draft class coming up. Yes, there is. I, I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I don't I don't know if lights out is, you know, how a team will still have to play to, to win this division. So yeah. I think until we see it on the field and start saying, okay, we're here, we've arrived, you know, whether it's you guys or us or Dallas comes back from Dak and all the other injuries that they faced. I, I think, uh, I think a 10 win team in our division is very realistic. I think it's more likely to come from you or us, Agreed. but, um, I, I am not yet convinced, although I want to see it, I'm not yet convinced that it's going to take 10 wins to, to win the division, you know? Yeah. In regards to Dallas, man, I, I just, it's so tough for me to ever really truly buy into Dallas being good. Um, I've said this a million times and I'm prob- probably being annoying at the amount of times that I've said it, but Jerry Jones wants a yes, man. He wants someone that, that he can uh, control like a little puppet master and right. McCarthy's that perfect guy. Yeah, uh, you know he's kind of a bimbo. He's kind of a. I just don't like him. I don't think he's a good coach. Um, I did not hate that signing. I didn't either. You know, coming time. from a Washington fan, you know, yeah. I did not like. I was like, okay, I this doesn't scare me much, you mm-hmm. know. So it, it it's just tough to to watch a football game um, because, like I said, you know, and, and I'll preface this a little bit. I'm a Giants fan all the way, hundred percent. But in general, I love football. I love watching the NFL. I could watch any game anytime. You know, I was watching a random game the other night and then I ended up switching it to the Giants, Giants Cowboys at the end of the year. But it's just tough watching such an undisciplined football team. And and it's like that a lot with, with Dallas in general, I think. But like how how can you, you play that undisciplined? It just seems crazy to me. I don't know. Um I I lost you for a little bit. I don't know if it was a connection, but oh, um, yeah. I just I, heard the- it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, pretty much. I was just saying. I just it blows my mind how undisciplined Dallas is. Um, yeah, and, and to me, it just it's just weird. Like, how can how can that look successful? How can you, as a general manager, be like, yeah, that's what I want? When you know you're seeing boneheaded play after boneheaded play after boneheaded play. It's yeah, just it's just mind boggling for me. I just I'll never really think Dallas is going to do anything, even if they're even if they're fourteen and and two or fourteen yep. and whatever. Um, I'll just, same thing. They're not going to win in the playoffs. They might win a game, but they're not going to make it. Yeah, I don't see them as a team. Um, even with bringing back Dak, I mean, the week after Dak signed that great deal, there was I feel like no no murmurs about it. <laughs> You yeah. didn't hear about it anymore. And I, I don't think that that's a uh, sign deck. Neither. I honestly, it was uh, a little bit surprising to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, potential is there, but um, I just don't, I don't know. Not worried. A lot of not worried. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's jump over a little bit. You know, we hammered the giants pretty good. Uh, but we, we will talk about uh, the Washington football team. I said mm-hmm. it right for once. Woo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mess that up all the time. 
anyway, okay. um, I don't have like the chronological order of, of the signings. Okay. So we're just kind of going to go with the best of the best and kind of go down. And we'll start off with Curtis Samuel. Uh, big signing for you guys. Someone that I thought the Giants would certainly target. Um, signed to a three-year, 34.5 mil. Tell me about him. What do you think, man? Really excited. Um, you know well before that this was a guy, like obviously, yes, Kenny Galladay, you want to grab him. But Samuel not only seemed like the realistic guy, knowing the background, you know, with Ron Rivera there and then the Carolina background, uh, we also tried to trade for him last year. And um, now that we have um, some more Carolina people in our building, I think that is the reason why it didn't happen last year, but also the reason why it happened this year. Right. He's a guy that, even though he was a wide receiver three, um, definitely last year, and then probably wide receiver two a couple of years before, made the best of his playing time. Uh, I think specifically last year being with uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, just a really dynamic player that I'm really excited about. And I think it's exactly the type of player that Terry McLaurin needs to be a true wide receiver one. And uh, not that I, I don't already think that he is, but I think teams can are going to have to game plan a little differently now that he's uh, on the roster. I, I don't think that they can just shadow – scary Terry's side of the field anymore. Yeah. It's tough because like if you want to like tier the free agent wide receivers, yes. You're going to throw Kenny Galladay, Ellen Robinson kind of up on the, Corey, on the yep, Corey Davis. Yeah, exactly. But like to me, Curtis Samuel is kind of like his own category because agree, man. he's so, he's so talented. He has the background of being a halfback and he's learning. He's still learning the wide receiver position. You yes. Know? And, and he's proven that he can be very dynamic. So it's yeah. tough to really lump him in with the other wide receivers. And I just think that I don't love the signing because I don't want to have to face him with the Giants. You know, right. uh, he's just that perfect fit, I think, for you guys where, you know, he's going to take a little bit of pressure off Terry. And you also have another playmaker. Like, I think that's kind of been an issue for you guys. Yes, you have some good, young, talented wide receivers, but – Nobody else that's like really taken, you know, double coverage off Terry ever. Agreed. Um, I, I, I love, I keep going back to the dynamicness. I mean, he's a guy that Carolina used him in the backfield too. You know, he had a few like, uh, whether they were end arounds or the quick forward pass. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use them anywhere. Kind of like and, that scat uh, back almost, you know, yeah, in the backfield, H back, yeah. whatever. Uh, I didn't know this until we signed him, but he 80% catch rate, Mm -hmm. which is like top, like top five, if not one of the best in the league. Um, So that's exciting. Um, Was also top in the league on catches on third down for first down. So a lot of good things coming with that signing. I think it was a must needed, uh, not just a much needed position signing that we, we got, but, you know, I think it's a guy that's going to fit in really well with what we're trying to do. And he's got, um, he, he has, uh, he's worked with, you know, a lot of the guys that are in the building already seeing how we've, we've brought, brought in a lot of Carolina people. Another interesting point with him and 
maybe it's just me being too judgmental towards Carolina quarterbacks of the future or the past. He really hasn't played with an accurate quarterback. I don't care what you want to say about Teddy Bridgewater. He's just not that good of a quarterback. I agree. Uh, Cam Newton is not accurate. (laughs) So, so it's kind of interesting and, and maybe we'll get into Fitzpatrick here in a moment. Um, But he he really hasn't played with an accurate quarterback. So it also kind of means like the sky's kind of limit towards what he can do. Right. I agree. So, well, we'll, we'll just get ready to ride. Fitzpatrick, yeah, let's just go, man. <laughs> so, so for anyone that doesn't know, Curtis and I have had a little bit of a debate on Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, and I guess we'll, we'll preface this. I'll tell you what I think and I'll let you answer. And sure. Maybe, yeah, go ahead, man. Maybe, maybe I'll mute you and see what I have to say. <laughs> so I don't hate the signing for the Washington football team. I don't. I just think that he it is what he is. You know, he's, he's a traveling quarterback. He's never really stayed anywhere for any length of time. He's never completed a contract. He'll come in and he, he might win you some games, but I'm personally not scared of him being the reason that you guys win the division or, or you know what I mean? Like he's, he's going to do decent. He's going to have some weapons, but he's always had weapons in his career. I feel like, you know, at Tampa, he had weapons. Dolphins, he had some weapons, I guess I should say. But he's just not someone that scares me, you know, honestly. And I, the other side of that, too, is, is he's not your long-term solution. So you guys still need that. And, and for me, okay, you know, maybe he's going to do decent this year for you guys and lead you to a winning season. What about next year? You know, he, he was contemplating retirement this year. That was, that was something that was well-known. So – what happens? You know, is this just a one-year thing? I think it's a, it's a one-year deal. So, okay, it's a Band-Aid. You know, are you guys going to draft someone this year? Uh, what's going to happen? I mean, I know you're pumped about the signing, so I guess tell me what you think, but I'm just – I'm not overly blown away. It's a one-year fix, and he'll be okay. I think um, I – out of who is left, um, I am pumped about the signing. I think – Really upset to see that we had a pretty decent offer for Matt Stafford, um, which you may have or may not have seen. That would have been my. What was the offer? That would have been my. I don't. I don't remember what the offer was. It was like a first and a third. Yeah. Um. So you know, pretty similar to what I think it was pretty similar, right in the same ballpark as what, other than Jared Goff. Yeah. So they got Goff, um, which I think ultimately that is what what sealed that deal. Um. But I think he is an upgrade from who we had on our roster last year. I think he's a guy that has experience and that can come in and play uh, now, which I think you and us are in the same mindset about, is that we think – like both of our coaches think that we're close. Mm -hmm. So I think uh, the win now mentality is real. Um, Pre-Alex Smith injury – not an upgrade on the roster, but from what we had last year with the forward quarterback carousel, that was just absolutely nuts. I think, I think that this is a guy that you're willing to take a gamble on. Um, I think he, his last couple of years, especially last year where I, I think he should have played more um, was put in a unfair situation, but he, he was trending in a good direction. You never know what version of him you're going to get. 
So, yes, he may win you some games, but unfortunately you're going to take the good with the bad and yeah, he very well could lose you, lose you some game. You didn't yeah. get the name Fitz Tragic for no reason. <laughs> but you're getting a guy that leaves it all on the field, and I think he fits the um, criteria of the culture that we're building. Um, and even if it is a bridge quarterback, you know, without knowing what we're going to do in the draft this year, I, I think this is really just a, let's get a guy in here who has some experience and has won some football games. And uh, that's really it, man. I, I, I just I like that it's an upgrade from last year. Yeah. You know, so that's uh, that's really it. I I'm not in love with the signing, but I can't say that I hate it either. I'm comfortable with it. Two things I'll say about it. At least he's someone that will push the ball down the field for better or for worse. You know, that was always an issue with Alex Smith. Um, So, you know, at least he'll take chances, but that you kind of got to take the good with the bad with that. Right. And then, I mean, the other side of it, I guess, because I I feel like I'm kind of dumping on on Fitzpatrick, or at least the signing. The person I love, I love Fitzpatrick. He's a baller. Um, just a great dude too. Like someone easy that's easy to he's root for. He's cool. Yeah, he's a cool dude. He is, and and he's so. And he came out and did that Djax interview with like the Djax chain. That was yep. baller, man. It was. You know, like you don't McGregor, see that. So. <laughs> yeah. So. so at, least, uh, at least that's easy to say. Like I, I do like yeah. the person. You know, it's just. What do you think the long term plan is at quarterback though? Uh, dude, that's, that's tough. It's yeah. really tough to say you, you, you don't know. I mean, Ron Rivera just had a press conference this week. There apparently will be a competition. I saw that. Fitzpatrick, yeah. Fitzpatrick is going into the season as QB one, but Ron was like, there will be a competition. So Maybe Taylor Heineke. I mean, oh, Heine- yep. they signed Heineke to like an $8 million, $8.5 million deal. He you didn't see a lot of too? him, obviously. What's that? Wasn't he a Carolina guy too? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Carolina. So. Um, and let me tell you, man, Taylor Heineke, seeing someone, you know, we all heard was doing online classes a month before the games that he played for us, you know, come in, learn, and, and lay it out there. So I'm excited to see a competition, um, but I'm pretty confident that Fitz uh, Fitzpatrick will come out quarterback one. Yeah, you kind of got to assume that honestly. You don't bring no. him in. You don't pay him ten mil to. I don't think so. Lose the battle, you know. Yeah. Um, okay, so we'll get to another free agent signing, and it's William Jackson, the corner from Cincinnati, yeah. three year deal, forty two mil, uh, pretty big deal. Seems like. It should be a good signing for you guys, but, you know, I, I, I won't try to sit here and say I know a lot about him. Um, I know that uh, Slayton blew by him a couple times last year against Cincinnati. Uh, what do you think? Happy about the signing? What, what do you think? He's replacing someone that, that you, you love too, correct? What's that? He's replacing someone that you were really high on, correct? Uh, yeah, so I think he is better than Ronald Darby, and unfortunately we did lose Ronald Darby. Um, which going back to like the Eric Flowers thing, Ronald Aubrey was another guy that, you know, I think was on the downslope. You know, he was getting burnt a lot. He was injured a lot. And he comes here and he kind of thrives. So I think Ronald Darby, before we touch on William Jackson, was a guy who we 
brought in for a really low deal and he really overperformed his deal. And then we let someone kind of overpay for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that we're replacing a a good cornerback who, who who had a good statistical season for us with an even better cornerback um, who shut down Kenny Galladay in their last uh, matchup. So correct me if I'm wrong though, that last matchup was Kenny Galladay's rookie season, I believe. Oh, I actually don't know when it was. I'm pretty – I could I be wrong. Was that, last I think I looked played. that up, and I think it was his rookie season. Oh, okay. Well, not so, that that – I mean, not um, that that necessarily matters, but yeah. – He's a guy uh, – I'm really pumped about the signing. Other than the Curtis Samuel signing, this is my number two favorite signing. And um, he's a guy that can shut down one side of the field, I yeah. think, uh, from what I've seen. So he has no problem following wide receiver ones across the field. Uh, he's going to really complement this already number two defense in the league last year. So I, I, I think he's going to attribute to one of the top defenses in the league and only making them even better. Is he CB1 or CB2? Tough call, man. I, I think I would not be surprised if he ends up being a CB1. Uh, Kendall Fuller is – Excited as I was to have him back, I still am. I think he's better in the slot. Um, and he, he got burnt a few times last year, too. I, I, I think that this will be a guy who who will stick around, you know, with, with the, the better receivers a little more. Um, so I, I think he will be CB1, personally. That's yeah. my personal opinion. Any other free agents you want to talk about? I mean – I feel like Washington no, really hasn't done much. Uh, no, you know, I don't Adam want Humphreys, to but like eh. that's the only other guy, man. I um the only reason I like Humphrey signing is uh is I, I think he will come in as much as I would like to see the younger guys because we do have quite a few younger guys. Mm-hmm. Um, his two best seasons happen to come under the helm of Ryan Fitzpatrick, so I like the chemistry there. Um, and I think he will be a starting our, – our, I think he actually will be our starting slot receiver. So I like that. I like that there's familiarity with uh, the quarterback. And then the only other guy I'll touch on is uh, Daryl Roberts, cornerback signing. Mm-hmm. Just going to be a depth guy, uh, but a pretty fast guy. Has actually struggled a bit when started games, but he's – Probably a you know a, a better than halfway decent CB three, um, but that's really it, man. Yeah, other than Fitzpatrick, Jackson, and Samuel, uh, not too many big splashes. Ron Rivera said we may not be done in free agency, but I don't think we're going to see anything until after the draft. Personally, a different topic. What's going on with a certain guard for the Washington Football Team? Oh, yeah, so actually, uh, yeah. John Kime, he's our uh, the ESPN analyst who follows Washington, apparently reported that uh, Brandon Sheriff, our right guard, Pro Bowl uh, right guard, has turned down a couple offers from Washington that would have made him the highest paid guard in the league. Wow. And wow. Uh, concerning, I will say, because – Uh, Like we've talked about a few times, we're building something special here. And uh, when you have someone who is vocally said that they 
would love to be a part of this team for the rest of their career. And you hear that they're turning down obviously great money uh, concerning. You wonder if there's something else behind that. Um, so I guess we'll wait and see what happens. He's a really, really big part of this team. Washington had a very sneaky, I, I believe, sneaky top 10 offensive line last year. And he's a big part of it, even though he did miss some time. Um, and for someone who has missed some time in his career, it's surprising to see you not take a deal because, yes, you're a Pro Bowl caliber player, but uh, you also haven't shown that you can play all 16 games yet. So we'll wait and see what happens. But um, interesting news. Yeah, r- weird news. You know, he's really? a, very ta- a very talented player. I know he has had some injury issues. Um, but just makes you wonder kind of what's going on there, you know, whether maybe he got low balled on a contract extension and just kind of was upset about it. I don't know. Um, Okay. Well, good stuff. What do you think? um, You know, we kind of touch on the giants overall, you know, before the draft, what do you think, where do you think Washington ends up at the end of the year? Oh man. Um, You said they have a tough schedule, correct? Yeah, man. Really tough schedule. We have, uh, you know, we, we uh, play off, Rematch with Tampa Bay. We have Kansas City this year. Um, I think we play the Saints. Yep, you play the Saints. This year, Saints, Chargers, Seahawks. The 17th game added for us is the Bills at Buffalo, which I probably will be attending if they're having fans. Um, not surprised to see that another Carolina game in there. Green Bay, uh, Vegas, Raiders. And then um, we have, you know, obviously our, our division games, which is really one team I'm concerned about. And then another that could be a potential dark horse. Um, if you I had to put like an overall number, what do you think? General games? Yeah. Wins. Uh, I think we can win nine to 10 games this year. Kind of similar with uh, both of our thoughts for the Giants. Prob- yeah, probably not yeah. any more than that. I, I would be realistically surprised to see us win any more games than 9 and 10. Um, tough schedule, man. I mean, a lot of playoff teams. So we'll see what happens. But um, I'm excited for it. Yeah, man, definitely. It's going to be a fun season this year. Yeah, um, it will be. It'll be. Hopefully, it'll be nice to see the NFC East rebound a little bit, so it's not. I hope so. I'm rooting for it, man. Yeah. I don't care who it is, but I want to see someone, you know, start kicking I mean, ass. It happens. You know, I think it was NFC, uh, was it the West? Um, not too many years ago that was having a really, really, well, maybe not a couple years ago, but a little bit longer. But they were really bad, and they had a they had a losing uh, losing team win their division, too, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well. Well, that's pretty much all we want to talk about as far as free agency. Um, I did want to cover a little bit of draft news, and that news involves the San Francisco 49ers acquiring the number three. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from the Dolphins. And then right after that, the Dolphins trade from 12 back up to six with the Philadelphia Eagles. So some kind of big, big news there with the draft. Um, what do you think is going on with San Fran? Are they trading up for a quarterback? What do you think? I think he gotta be, man. I and the only thing I I can uh, I I don't I'm uncertain of is if it's the quarterback of this year or the quarterback of maybe the future for them. And I think uh, I, I I don't see them trading 
that much draft capital for any other position other than the most important one on the roster. So uh, I think it's a really exciting move. Um, I think Miami's move back in the number six is also really exciting. I think seeing Philly drop to 12 is really exciting. But, um, man, I, I, I haven't stopped thinking about, you know, what San Fran's thinking at number three. I think uh, it's, it's going to be – I think I don't think we're going to know until draft day, man. I, 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 don't, I don't think we're going to get anything until then. Yeah, it's tough because they gave up a lot. You know, you, you yeah. trade away two future first round picks. I think they maybe a third this year too, or something like that. Yeah, I think a first, a third, and then two other firsts and twenty two and twenty three. I'm pretty yeah, exactly. certain on that. So it's just really tough to see that without having a quarterback in mind. Yeah. And you gotta assume that it's, you know, Zach Wilson or you know, I've heard a lot about Mac Jones lately too. But it just I don't know. You know, I think it was GPA football on Twitter that came out and, and reported that San Fran said that they're not trading up for a quarterback. And I'm like, okay, but Can't yeah, believe it. yeah, you are, you know, like, I don't, yeah. I don't buy that. Um, I don't know. What do you, what do you think it's Zach Wilson that they're looking at if the Jets don't trade, uh, draft him or I think you're nuts, not the draft Zach Wilson. If he's there, I don't care who you are. Um, that's in that top 10. Um, but, oh, man, I, I think there's – I think it all comes down to how honest Kyle Shanahan and the rest of uh, the, the, the big wigs for San Francisco are being. If it's if, – if truly they do feel comfortable with rolling out Jimmy G this year, I don't think it's Mac Jones. If they are being honest with that, I think we could see Trey Lance. I think we could see Justin Fields. Um, and that's considering if, if the Jets don't take Zach Wilson at, at two, I think if Zach Wilson's there, um, I'm not sure if you saw, but Zach Wilson wants to be in San Fran. I think he's yeah, I heard that. came out and said that. So um, I don't know, man, this is really exciting because I, I think uh, – I, I, I really credit the Dolphins for making this move, too, um, because I think they're still going to end up getting their guy at six that they would have taken at three, so good for them, yeah. which is Jamar Chase. But um, they, they certainly could get still get him, yeah. I, I think so, yeah. But I don't know, man, really excited. So I, I just want to throw this out there um, as far as, like, rating prospects. Um, NFL Draft Bible is what it's called. Um, has Mac Wilson, sorry, I keep saying Mac Wilson. Jones. Mac Wilson. Mac Jones rated as a 25th overall prospect. Now, I don't know if anyone's familiar with the NFL Draft Bible. Um, the guy's name is Rick Saratella, and he was actually recently on the Giant Insider and kind of gave some, some interesting tidbits about uh, DeAndre Baker and some stuff about Micah Parsons, which really kind of resonated with me because obviously – you know, DeAndre Baker kind of, kind of, uh, was a bad fit for the Giants, and then right. Micah Parsons is someone that I, I've kind of been high on, but I knew that there was character concerns, and it, it really sounds like those character concerns are warranted. Um, but everything that that he was saying on the the Giant Insider podcast really 
um, seemed to hit home and he kind of really seemed like he know, knew what he was talking about. So to see Mac Jones sitting at 25 on his big board and then even Trey Lance sitting at 20, and you know, do you really trade up to pick three for either of those guys? Or no. do they have inside knowledge thinking the Jets really aren't going to take Wilson? Um, sorry to put you on the spot if it is, Mike, but does does he have maybe where he has Justin Fields ranked or no? Um, I can look really quick. Uh, Fields. I don't see Fields. I can, I... I'm assuming he probably has Fields ranked higher than both Jones and Trey Lance, though. I would, would assume. I mean, he's got Trevor Lawrence one. Um, he's got Zach Wilson six. Oh, there he is. He's got Justin Wilson at 11 overall with his, his uh, big board. So Yeah, I think uh, – um, and this is uh, from the draft Bible. And What did you say the guy's name was? Uh, Rick Saratella, I think is what it, how I'm you pronounce it. Check him out, man. Um, I'm always looking for, for new stuff to look into. Yeah, I, I know you're not a Giants fan, but check out the episode that he's on with the Giant Insider. There's three podca- Giants podcasts I listen to. Talking Giants, Clapback Sports, and the Giant Insider. And, and hearing him on there, man, I've, I've, never, uh, I've never really followed like too many people that really focus specifically on the draft. But if you know me, Curtis, I'm all about the draft. So oh, you and me both, man. Yep. But you so for sure. Really yeah. Find this guy and, and see some of his information that he has and, and some of the, the hits he's had in his past really uh, show this guy knows what he's doing and his whole team yeah. knows what they're doing. So it really excites me uh, to have found this um, and yeah, kind of get diving into it. I mean, the scouting reports I'm reading right now are just absurd how like detailed they are and, and kind of getting into it. So yeah, it's something I would definitely check out if I was you. The uh, the draft this year, man. One of the things that's really interesting about it is uh, is the amount of players that have opted out that are yes. projected first round guys, if not high second round guys. And uh, I mean, obviously, you know, if you're uh, an NFL team, you're putting you're really paying your scouts. Not to mention, there's no combine this year. So you're really getting your money's worth out of your, your scouting team. Um, yeah. And how much do you want to trust these hand timed forties? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, and if anyone, you know, Kyle Pitts has put up incredible numbers, but um, I don't know the exact numbers off the top of my head, but if anyone's yeah. looking to see some other crazy numbers to compare to go back and look at Vernon Davis's yep. combat numbers. Yep. And they're even better. So, <laughs> so um, if that gives you – and Vernon Davis is a great, great tight end. I mean, that's a great tight end, I believe, to, to model a game after. So, whoever lands Kyle Pitts is going to be, uh, you know, definitely – you know, he's going to be in it for the long run. I, the tight end position to me is just so weird. Um, you know, e- even if you remember back a couple years ago, with OJ Howard, you know, he kind of blew things up a little bit now, not to the extent that Kyle Pitts is doing right now, right. but OJ Howard's just disappeared. And maybe that's kind of more of a Gronk thing and yeah. you know, Tampa thing. And it's kind of a weird thing, but I don't, it's so hard to really think of him being like this top five, top 10. Top. I know. I know. Uh, side note, when we're, we're talking about Justin Fields a little bit, did you hear about the whole, um, 
Dan Orlovsky thing with him? Didn't. So Dan Orlovsky, or Orlovsky, however you want to pronounce his, his name, he's kind of an idiot. He's a TV me. analyst, right? Yeah, he, well, he played football uh, for Detroit for a little while. Um, if you remember, he's actually one of the guys, it may have been, I could be wrong on this, it may have been Thanksgiving, though, and he ran out of the back of the end zone. <laughs> I remember, but. I'll, I'll try to find the video and see exactly when it was. Um, he came out with a report, though, saying teams had told him that uh, Justin Fields had pretty, like, lack of uh, work effort and and really didn't put the effort in and, and didn't study his playbook and stuff like that. And then I think a couple hours later or something like, like that, he apparently talked to a couple of people in the league and, like, disputed himself, being like, actually, I was just told – that he has a great work effort, effort, and uh, it was just so ridiculous. Oh, oh my man. god, he's he's kind of been one of those guys that's been very critical of the Giants. Him and like Sam Samuel Achu or whatever his name is. So uh, just to see those blunders sometimes makes me laugh. Yeah, you know, Justin Fields though, like you know, if I was to put money into one quarterback in this draft, it's Trevor Lawrence, and the rest, I don't know. You know, no. It's kind of a weird class. Like Zach Wilson, I like. He's a good quarterback, but kind of small, you know, facing decent teams. He kind of crumbled a little bit. Um, but you don't know. You know, Mac Jones, the 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 uh, Alabama connection there, it just when was the last time they had a, a really good quarterback that, yeah. that succeeded in the NFL? I, I don't – I can't think of one, you know. So no. it's kind of a weird, weird situation. You guys are drafting right in between Dallas and Philly this year, yeah, right? Yes. Which is also very interesting that we have three NFC East teams drafting back to back to back as of right now. 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. What are your hopes or thoughts? You know, I still think receiver is legitimately possible. Um, you know, but I'm thinking like Jalen Waddle. I. I keep going up and down with Devonta Smith. Um, he's small and that scares me. Yeah. But I think the thing that I keep going back to is if, if someone that the Giants draft, I trust Joe Judge to have done his work, right. have the scouting staff done, have done their work. And if they take Devonta Smith, I'll be fine with it. Offensive line wouldn't completely shock me, although I keep reading things where the Giants really think highly of what they have. And I, I keep also wanting to say that the Giants are going to be very tight-lipped about what they're going to do. So hearing that we like our offensive line doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, right. But right. also, pretty much everyone knew last year we were taking Andrew Thomas. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. You know, supposedly we like Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, and we like Pitts, and we like uh, Rashawn Slater. So I think not I th- one of those guys, we might trade back. I think the fact that you guys are in a position to take best player available is really complementative to what you guys were able to do in free agency. I think you're not going into this draft saying now anymore that we need, exactly. doesn't matter who's there. We need the next best available wide receiver or we need the best available cornerback. So I think that puts you guys in a really good place. Um, probably could trade back and, yeah. you know, but then again, um, I, I do believe that, you know, once again, you guys are building something special. You guys have, have put together really great pieces. 
So uh, regardless of what you do, it, you know, Joe Judge has shown nothing but to put your trust in him that it's going to be the best decision for the football team. So, yeah, you know, Edge wouldn't surprise me, but that's where I'd, I'd much rather trade back a little bit. But once again, you know, we'll, we'll kind of kind of see what happens. My thoughts on the trading back is, is we just need a little bit more of a talent infusion. You know, we're, we're getting better, but we're still kind of behind on that like talent infusion uh, type thing where, you know, we're not deep, you know, we still lack depth on the team yes. and injuries will, will show that. So trading back and, you know, getting an extra second rounder or an extra second and third or something like that is going to do nothing but help this team, you know, yeah. and it, but it just depends on who's there and, and kind of how far back we go. Because, you know, I don't want to trade back to, you know, 31st or 30th. Um, but, yeah, it, it just depends kind of on who is there and and who's calling, if anyone. Yeah, know? right. Edelman's never traded back, so it might it probably isn't going to change this year. But also I think Judge has a much bigger say in, in what's going on overall. So I think if Judge is all about it, it might happen this year. Wait and see, man. Can't wait for it. We're less than a month out. So, yes, man. So, Washington, we'll finish up with that. Where they're at, I think, pick 19? 19. Yeah, yeah. 19, yep. Um, that's kind of a weird position because a lot of that's really going to depend on how the rest of the draft plays out. You know, if quarterbacks go heavy, there might be some good players that fall. Um, you know, with the, the guard situation, is there someone that you're looking looking for? At 19 or so, oh, uh, pre pre brand sheriff news, uh, loved what I've seen from Notre Dame linebacker Jeremiah Wusu. Um, I think he would just add to the dynamic defense that we've been building. Um, post Brandon sheriff news, not knowing what about that is legit or not, I really wouldn't be surprised. Outside of a couple of our linemen, most people couldn't name, although we had a great offensive line, most people couldn't name the whole left side of it. Right. <laughs> so uh, I would not be surprised to see them go with uh, with an offensive lineman. Um, you've probably seen that Vera Tucker has yep. gotten really great grades. He might not slide to 19, but if he's there, I think it might not be a sexy pick, of course, but. I could see it being a right pick. Um, but I think uh, defense wins football games, and I know it won us a lot of football games last year. So um, I I still wouldn't be surprised to see them add to that linebacker core. Yeah, is there someone specific that you want for the linebacker core? Just the uh, the Jeremiah Owusu, Owusu the yeah. Notre Dame linebacker. Yeah, He's he talented. he looks really good. There are some sneaky good linebackers in this draft class uh, that might go a little bit later. Um, but then to your point, too, with uh, Bear Tucker and, like, Rashawn Slater, those guys are just, like, shooting up the boards right now. Yeah. And they're both players, too, that are tackles, but they, they kind of show that they have some short arms, and that's kind of a big thing in, in the NFL with, with tackles. You know, you kind of want the, want the more length. I think they measured in at, like, 33 or 32 when yeah. you want, you know, 35, somewhere around there. Yeah. So they yeah, could be also, people that kick inside. You also have these guys that every year there's someone that blows away a pro day or at the combine, you know, and it really drives their 
their draft stock up. I think last year that, or uh, two years ago, that was Montez Sweat for us, mm-hmm. you know, outside of the medicals, um, man, what, what a combine. And you and I, and a couple of us were watching the draft together and uh, we traded back into the first round. I was pretty certain it was going to be for DK Metcalf. And I can't say, I still don't wish it wasn't, but uh, right. I'm really happy that it was, you know, that Montez Sweat is uh the pick and uh, you talked about one of the best if not the best front four and in, in football i think that's what we're, we're building and i think uh i think the linebacker position if we're just talking about defense is probably the biggest area of weakness for the team i want to end on this note and maybe it's i, I don't mean to be negative towards washington but i feel like it's going to come off that way you guys won the division last year and, yeah, you guys have a great defense. But how was our pitiful offense able to drive to move on you? And, and the defense just didn't seem to, like, have as much of an impact on the Giants where, like, lesser defenses had more of an impact. And I, that sounds terrible. I, like, doesn't, I'm not, man. But it's just so weird to me because it is a great defense. But I felt like we, we threw you guys around a little bit at occasion. Um, you guys – if I remember correctly, uh, what happened to us almost every game this season is started off very slow. Mm-hmm. And you guys came out to very, you know, firing on all c- cylinders very quickly in both matches. And, uh, you know, we were, we, we, we stepped it up in the second half. I mean, both games were decided by, I think, a three point game and a one point game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, unfortunately we saw a lot of that is, is the really slow start. And I don't know what the hell goes on in the locker room at halftime, but we were a completely different team. And unfortunately we're on the wrong end of, of too late, you know, you know, too, too late to, to make the comeback, stop the bleeding, you know, but, um, no, I, I, I thought I thought the same way. Uh, you know, even even when you hear all the uh, analysts raving about the the uh, the stats of our defense, you're like, are you sure this is the number two defense? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it seems like we're down. I didn't think that was really that high. We had that conversation. Yeah. Um. So, um. I'm sure a lot of it was when Dwayne Haskins gives the ball away in your own 30, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, it it was very interesting. Um, And it's interesting, obviously to see some of the teams that we played better against and then some of the teams that we could have, should have beat and and didn't, you know? All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me. Any, any last, uh, last words, anything else you want to, you want to get out there? No, man, I, I, this has been a lot of fun. So I really appreciate you having me on and uh, hopefully you can do it again someday. Anytime, but, uh, it's just great, man. I really appreciate it a lot. Had a lot of fun. Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, it was awesome having you on. It, it's great having someone that knows football and um, isn't, you know, just on the giants or just on Washington really can comment on the whole league. So I just, I love that aspect of it. I love being able to talk football. Thank you so much for joining me, Curtis. And yeah, uh, we'll, we'll probably have another episode out next week uh, as we get a little bit closer to the draft here. Maybe we'll do a little bit of a mock draft. Curtis, you want to want to make a Washington pick uh, next week? 
um, live. We'll do, we'll do it next week, but you, you want to do it with me? Oh, yeah, man. Let me know. Cool. All right. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. Let's freaking go. Let's freaking go. Ha, ha, ha.